Oh, she's done it. Brilliantly executed. Incredible stuff. The whole family are watching on in anticipation. And yes, there's the final nail in the chick coop. Dad's been promising to build for a decade. And don't the kids just love it? Coming in for the final turn. He's gone to the left, a little bit to the right. Dodged the hills hoist. Grass clippings flying in his wake. Precision mowing doesn't get any better than that. They've really set their sights high for this one. A pizza oven, water feature and a new deck all by the end of lockdown. But is it too much too soon? Only time will tell. He's a do-it-yourself legend in the making. Welcome to the Sport of Gardening. Here's your hosts, Dale Vine and Jay Neal. Yes, hello and welcome to the Sport of Gardening. And whether you are listening to us via podcast or on a Sunday morning right around Australia, we are thrilled to have you with us and hope you're well in this crazy little moment in history that we are all experiencing Welcome to a show that has sprung into existence because most sports, let's face it, are on hold at the moment and because we are hearing so many wonderful stories of people putting down the footy, picking up the shovel, of the golf clubs just gathering dust in the corner while the veggie garden gets a little more attention than usual and the DIY projects are flourishing in lockdown. We're finding out that quite a few of our favourite sporting identities love indulging in a little landscaping and home maintenance in their spare time. I'm Jane Neild and to help guide us through these unprecedented times and to provide us with some inspiration and handy tips for your gardening and renovation projects, it is my pleasure to welcome my co-host Dale Vine, aka Dale from the Block. Welcome to the Sport of Gardening, Dale. <laughs> Thank you, Jane. No, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm I'm stoked. I'm, I'm glad that gardening's finally become a sport. Are you feeling like that? Because I will reveal that I have been a gardening tragic nerd boffin, whatever you want to say, for my entire life. Like, you know, put me in a mud pit with some plants as a kid and I was happy. And you've obviously done this for most of your career and for your life. And suddenly everyone's realising how good the exercise is when you get out and garden. Absolutely. How great for your mental health it is. And it does fill in those days that we're all trying to while away in isolation. Oh, it really does. And it, um, it is nice just to think that gardening is almost cool these days. It's something everybody's gone back to. It's not a hard thing to get into and, and learn. You don't need a heap of knowledge. So unlike, I guess, a real sport where you'd have to um, put in a lot of training and learn all the skills, gardening, you can just jump in and you can be in the, in the best team in the comp straight away. So it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's a really good thing to get into. And I'm glad everybody is trying to get into it at home. Do you think that the fact that some vegetables and fruits went through the roof when, of course, we realised that the whole country would really go into lockdown, suddenly everyone's going, oh, my goodness, my friend across the road is growing most of their food. I'm trying to get to a supermarket with empty shelves. Like, it's a really, I mean, it's a horrible moment in history, but there are benefits, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and it was it was a little eerie and, and a bit um, scary to sort of go into the supermarkets and all the stuff you take for granted in the fresh food produce as well, you know, your kid might be stuck on strawberries or, or cucumbers or something that they, they literally have in their staples every day as part of their meal and then all of a sudden they're not there and people don't know what to do and neither do the kids. So, yeah, any interruption in, in your daily routine is is a bit hairy. That's why people have started to um, go to all their nurseries and hardware stores and buy up what they can in seedlings and, and little plants and um, try and get their veggie gardens going. So it's great. To the point where seedlings and seeds almost ran out for a while there. So, yes, Australia is obsessed with getting things in the ground at moment. Uh, now, we are here because sport isn't on your radio, because normally we'd be talking about the games across That's this right. Anzac Day weekend. You are a Bombers fan, aren't you? And, you know, we do have to spend a moment to pause and, and think of our Anzacs. And Absolutely. the empty MCG with some of the commemorations that happened this year for Anzac Day. It would have been nice if you'd been there with the pies and the and the bombers. It would have. Um, I've only actually been able to get to one uh, Anzac Day game in my history of supporting the bombers since a child. And, um, yeah, we lost that time. So I'm hanging to get back on a, <laughs> on a year where we're going pretty good. And I was actually looking forward to this year because I reckon we should go all right. But... Um, it's a different different year this year, I suppose, and is not going to be one that we're watching the Bombers and Pies, so we might as well be um, picking up our garden spade and fork and doing something out there, I guess. Doing a little bit of preparation for the season. Hey, coming up on the show today, we're going to be talking to Joel Barnett. Now, he is a connection of yours from InStyle Gardens to discuss
discuss some of the latest designs and plant trends. I mean, when you said before that gardening is pretty easy and anyone can kind of do it, mm, I think there's a few levels we're going to have to unpack over the course of this show because there are people doing landscape designing at the very elite level, some of what we'll talk about you did on the block. Yep. So, yeah, there's, there's different ends to the spectrum, isn't oh, there? Oh, there definitely is. I mean, <laughs> the, you, I wouldn't recommend people go out and try and um, lay some very nice expensive stone um, paving or something <laughs> down by themselves with no knowledge. And you're just going to waste materials and your time, basically. So there's definitely scale as to what you should attempt. So we're going to find out about some of the trends to keep an eye on in the uh, the months and the season ahead with Joel Barnett. We're also going to talk to someone whose Instagram feed has been making me, I will say, envious, a little jealous and inspired. At Hello Poppy Lee is her Instagram account. We're going to be chatting with Poppy, who has done what? Yeah, so Poppy's a, um, a mother of two up in um, Brisbane and they've, yeah, just like a lot of Australians, they've got a, a house that they've renovated themselves, a lot of DIY projects, but particularly what uh, I'm interested in is, is they've just pretty much completed a, a full backyard makeover and they've just attacked everything from stairs to decking themselves so it's um it's going to be a good one to rip into and, and just see what sort of troubles they faced and how they achieve things especially then documenting it all on social media as well i'd be in the background going it doesn't look right it's messy Where's it? get the pot plant out of the way but yeah. obviously they've been uh, willing to document the process as a family of a renovation without serious tradie skills, and they've done a great job. If you check out at Hello Poppy Lee, before we talk to Poppy, you'll see what we are talking about. Now, Dale, we need to get to know you a little better. Now, I feel like I know you already because I watched you on the block with your lovely partner, Sophie. So I have the pleasure of getting to know you over the course of the next few weeks here on The Sport of Gardening. I must say that when I started to edit some of your highlights from the block together, the auction, 2012, waiting to see whether those hard months of being on a reality renovation show were going to pay off. It okay. made me anxious. Are, yeah. are you almost You're sweating? Take me back to that, are you? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was. Um, it was an anxious time. Just to, uh, we really didn't mind, to be honest. We were there for the experience and and not really the money or anything. So it was. Um, anything was going to be a bonus. But yeah, it was. It was our first auction. We'd never owned a house before, so we'd never been involved in an auction. We'd. Um, so yeah, it was. It was still a scary time for us. <laughs> You're like a footy player saying, "Oh, look, we were just proud to be in the grand final. <laughs> we didn't really mind if we won or not." Of course. You minded, of course. Okay, let's go back to 2012. This is Dalvine and Sophie, the auction on the block. Your house is going to sell for 1.481. Now, you laugh at that now. I do. But the others laughed at that as well. I know. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to our very exciting auction this afternoon. And what, a, what an outstanding turnout it is. Uh, a property that uh, has created an enormous amount of interest, and rightly so. The great uh, creative juices of uh, Dale and Sophie have gone into this property and what an outstanding job they've done. I'm not going to prolong the anxiety. We're here to sell it. Does someone want to start me or do you want me to do it? Hello, they've come from everywhere. They normally start slow. Look at this. First call, $1,325,000. How quick did that go? So quick. Second call. $1,000. All done, all finished, all silent. The property's going, going, it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) Baby. (laughs) How good. How good. I can't even make sense of it. $355,000 in the bank. What's that going to do for you guys as newly wins? Well, that's our first house, mate. First house, straight in. Bang, just like that. It's amazing. So, so you haven't spoken. (laughs) Can you speak? Can we buy a vowel? (laughs) You can afford a vowel. Oh, thanks, Scotty. Oh, congratulations. You guys deserve it. Newlyweds, first-time renovators, 355000 bucks in the kit. It's changed our lives. It's amazing. Did it change (laughs) your life? I mean, I know the answer is yes, but did it do everything 300-plus grand? 
Oh, I mean, you can't live off it forever, but it's uh, it definitely set us up to, um, like I said in the, in that little recording there, to to get into our first house, which is just such a big win for young couples these days. Um, that's probably the hardest part is to get that first one, and then since then life's changed. I mean, we've had three kids since then, and <laughs> just um, a small speed bump, <laughs> and, and renovating sort of taken a back step as our main priorities. But um, yeah, I think uh, we always look back on the block as such a great experience, and um, yeah, something we can obviously talk about and have footage for for the rest of our lives and show the kids when they're a bit older and understand it a bit more. So, yeah, we're forever thankful to the to the block and, yeah, it's something we won't forget for a very, very long time. And well, we do thank Channel 9 for that audio. I mean, there was a couple of seasons where they did the auctions, things got passed in, and one horrible season when the market had died. People yeah. didn't make any money, so you must have been pretty proud of your work. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. We were. Um, we were absolutely stoked with the result and um, happy for everybody that um, made profits in that season with us. So it was a great year. Everybody um, did well. And, um, yeah, like you said, there are seasons where people don't make much at all. I think there's been seasons where people won ten and $15,000 compared to those hundreds of thousands of dollars and other seasons where people have made like 900000 and stuff. So it won't be long. I'm sure someone will crack a million-dollar prize money at some point point with the block it's just heading in that trajectory but yeah it's just like footy contracts they get bigger every year don't they and um well maybe they'll go in the opposite direction well, after possibly, all this interruption yeah, i could be like one of those um blokes that played footy you know back in the glory days and, and they were still doing jobs and stuff while getting their yes. wages so you know in the future i'm sure i'll look back at it and our prize money compared to some new ones hopefully will <laughs> um will be quite small <laughs> Speaking of legends of the game and people who did do it the tough, you know, worked all week and then went to training, we're going to catch up with Terry Wallace, AFL legend, player and coach, in just a moment. I do need to mention, Dale, that you have written a little book with actually some of the inspiration behind this show. I was really excited when this landed on my desk. It's Dale Vine's Outdoor Reno Guide transform your garden on any budget. I didn't think that author was in your portfolio, but you nailed it. It's <laughs> to, great. To be truthful, I, I didn't think it was either. Um, <laughs> but it was just an opportunity that popped up. We saw a little market um, opening there um, where, the, I mean, as you'd know, being a keen gardener, there's a lot of um, beautiful garden books with high-end designs and, and, and lovely gardens that sit on coffee tables and you can flick through and, and dream. But um, there wasn't many in that bracket of just the, the DIY and the everyday person with realistic budgets that uh, were on the market. So we thought, let's just get out there. I've got the knowledge in, in landscaping for oh God knows how many years now. And I thought I'd just put some of that into a book and help people out um, yeah, achieve something nice with a, a small budget. Yeah, this is the sort of book that is going to be beaten up and dog-eared in a few years' time, yeah. like the very best cookbooks. I not- hope so, yeah. I hope you carry it around and um, flick it open with dirt on your hands and, and really get into it. So that's the idea. It is available at all good bookstores. Dale Vine's Outdoor Reno Guide, and we're going to be getting a lot of inspiration from this book over the next few episodes. You're on the sport of gardening. I am Jane Neild, and my co-host is Dale Vine. And right now it's time to welcome to the sport of gardening three-time premiership player with Hawthorne, two times best and fairest player for Footscray, coach of the Western Bulldogs in Richmond, and more recently a footy commentator and AFL Hall of Famer Terry Wallace. And to bring Terry in, let's just relive a few of the highlights that were cut together when he was inducted into the AFL's Hall of Fame recently. Unbelievable athlete. Unbelievable commitment to winning the hard football, which he did on so many occasions. He had the ability not only to win the footy for himself, but he also brought so many other players into the game, which made the Hawthorne machine tick. Hawthorne really tightening up their game. Wallace playing a slashing game in the centre. Look at that pass. Terry Wallace. I... Fortunately, unfortunately, nicknamed Terry the Plough because he just used to plough into the packs. No real regard for his own safety. Knocked away by Manane. Almost a chance to uh, Terry Wallace to get rid of it. The Hawthorne centre man, and he does it superbly. When you have a look at that 83 grand final, when he won the best and fairest, the best and fairest in a premiership year, and the club winning by 78 points was just absolutely astounding. Terry Wallace. 
Without Terry's input and impact at Hawthorne, I'm quite confident a lot of other players at this club wouldn't have reached the heights that they did. Oh, yes, that Hawthorne Premiership. And what better man to have on a show called The Sport of Gardening than a man whose nickname is Plough, Terry Wallace. Welcome to the show. Uh, Hi, guys. How are you going? Both Jane and Dale. Uh, Yeah, it seems a long, long time ago, some of those memories. Can you believe 1986, the high of a Premiership, Terry, and now 2020, there is no footy. Are you okay? We're checking in on you. This is our first isolation update. Are you okay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it's a strange uh, time for a lot of people. I mean, number one, people you know, being unemployed out, out of their roles. I mean, I, I'm in that sort of situation at the moment with no football on. Um, so I've got uh, my family all live away from uh, our, our property out in Kangaroo Ground now. So and my wife is still working. So I've basically got 11 hours a day really on my own and just running uh, you know, my own life and doing my own thing. But the bonus, I, I suppose, from my point of view, where I'm lucky, where other people are locked away you know, in small apartments, I'm on 20 acres out here in the Yarra Valley. So there's uh, there's always something that you can find to, uh, to do. So travelling along all right at the moment, Jane. That is good to hear. Now, you are notoriously known as the AFL commentator who watched every single game. Dale, I am not joking about this. Terry watched every game of every round. He would commentate a game of footy and go, yeah, just going home to watch the other three games I missed today. So you have got a fair bit of time for you, haven't you, Terry? Yeah, well, certainly uh, you know, sort of more gardening time than what I've ever had <laughs> previously. Oh, look, I just made a commitment when I, I went back into you know, from coaching. Uh, we were, you're so busy coaching with all the different aspects of, of what you do. Um, when I went back into the media, I sort of went, well, my point of difference is going to be if somebody rings in and they want to speak about a certain point in a certain game, I've actually uh, watched that game so that I, I know that everything that's going on. And normally what would happen for me is I'd probably get to the end of the weekend, uh, maybe one or two games still uh, to catch up. So Monday morning I made a commitment uh, that you know, I was up bright and early, normally sort of you know, around 6 o'clock and start to watch those last couple of games by the time that I went on air on a uh, on a Monday that I've got all nine games covered off. So that's a, a bit of time sort of on my hands these days. So mostly, well, well, we uh, need you to uh, watch this podcast back, <laughs> Terry, and give us all the stats and, and let us know how we can improve by next week. I'll have a look, Dale, obviously, but I'm not so keen on watching myself. That's the problem. I've never been one to, uh, to watch old video clips or anything like that, that's for sure. <laughs> I wish you would, because, man, you were sporting some very, very trendy haircuts in the 80s, Terry. It's a, it's an absolute treat to go back there on YouTube. Now, the reason you came to mine, of course, you know, you're known as the plough, so we've got our little farming sporting reference. You once told me a story when I was pushing the buttons behind the scenes for a footy broadcast on AFL Nation that you acquired bricks to pave your front garden from a particular football club that you used to work at. Well, actually, Bluestone. Um, so uh-huh. uh, Bluestone, yeah, Bluestone from the uh, the Whitten Oval. For those that will remember, before the uh, Whitten Oval, when it was the Western Oval, uh, was developed, it used to have almost look like a cobblestone sort of uh, driveway leading into the end of the ground, and the cobblestone was actually Bluestone. Um, and uh, when they did the redevelopment, they dug up all the all the Bluestone. And they basically sort of said, look, we're just going to cart it off somewhere. Does anyone want it? I just thought it was a fantastic little piece of history that I could sort of take home. So what I did was I took it home and I did all my uh, uh, my drive driveway uh, borders are all bluestone and uh, yeah, the garden beds were uh, sort of done in bluestone. And I, I did, a, I got somebody to come out and actually finish them off properly and I did a full barbecue. Uh, out of the out of the blue stone that's from the Whitnable. So it's got, uh, yeah, it's got fantastic uh, history. Uh, uh, you know, that's part of it. And I sort of, when people venture around to the property, I always sort of mention that uh, that has been there since the early days of, you know, of Charlie Sutton and uh, and T. Whitten playing football at the Whitnable. Absolutely, I'm sure a few uh, a few people have probably. Um crowded themselves on top of those blue stones walking into the Witten Oval at some stage during one of the games throughout the history as well. So you've probably, you definitely have picked up a nice little um, 
blast from the past there that you can keep uh, forever. So that's that's a great recycling story, Terry. And uh, Bluestone's worth a bloody fortune oh, these absolutely. days. So you've, you've saved some coin too, which is nice. Yeah, I put a little plaque just, um, I mean, obviously around the garden beds, it's sort of more difficult to do anything. It's just really a story for people. But I put a little plaque on the uh, the barbecue just that, uh, so it, it is remembered for exactly what it is and the history that was behind it at the Wick Noble. Fantastic. Now, Dale actually told me off air that he would like to make himself a barbecue. I saw his eyebrows shoot up they at the did. mention of your Bluestone barbecue, Terry. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a place in my place, that's for sure. I was just telling Jane that I've, um, she was asking me what the, what's on the wish list next for to build at my house and I said a, a barbecue area um, and I've been taking lots of screenshots of other people's nice ones that they've built via Instagram and all those social media platforms that are easily accessible these days for beautiful inspiration and then uh, yeah I've actually got some bluestone left over at my house from a few jobs some big pictures so I thought that what better product to build than with some bluestone blocks so they'll last forever and, and strong as a house so you're speaking about projects, Dale. Mine is uh, fixing up a kid's cubby that uh, I've had my first uh, grandchild early recently, obviously only six months old at the moment, but I had a cubby uh, in the backyard, you know, proper built one originally, and my chore at the moment is to make sure that that's up to the speed by the yep. time the little one's going to be coming around. They're in isolation at the moment as well. But, uh, yeah, that'll sort of, I mean, that's a... Yeah, six months to get it right, but I've uh, got to put in a new uh, floor into that. So Absolutely. It's one of my little chores uh, that I'm getting involved with myself. At the oh, fantastic. That sounds great. Hey, Terry, I'd like you to make a cubby for your grandchild that actually replicates an AFL coach's box <laughs> with a phone on the wall <laughs> that you can slam down and uh, they can show you some of the vid- vids of you being a coach back in the day. I reckon it would be inspiring. <laughs> Imagine patching oh, up holes from angry kids. With, yeah, the only problem with that was you'd want to have it soundproof. <laughs> yeah. I don't know whether some of the noise, noises coming out of the coach's box would be sort of really uh, a truth for, uh, for young kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time, Terry. We've uh, got images of you having a barbecue with your lovely wife when she gets home from work with your Bluestone barbecue. No other guests yet, but I'm sure you're looking forward to inviting the uh, entire family, including the new grandchild, over when isolation is lifted. Thank you so much for being on the Sport of Gardening. Well, pleasure everyone out there. Keep safe. Uh, keep working on the gardening, but gee, can we please get footy back? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bring back the footy. Terry Wallace there on the Sport of Gardening. In just a moment, we're going to catch up with an influencer who has completed a huge home renovation, and we're also going to find out about all the new design trends, planting trends with a landscape gardener. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. That weekly ritual of enjoying the AFL record is something footy fans have loved for over 100 years. And with the AFL record digital edition out now, the tradition continues. As footy fans, we can still get our footy fix even without the games. Enjoy feature articles from the AFL record analysts, regular footy trivia, a dedicated kids section, nostalgia and more. The AFL record digital edition. All thanks to Karcher. Available at sen.com.au and the SEN app. Welcome back to the Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Ah, uh, yes, welcome back to the Sport of Gardening, a show that exists because most sports don't at the moment, and more of us have got lots of time to get into the garden to tackle a few projects that might have been on the back burner for a while. I'm Jane Neal, and my co-host is Dale Vine, professional landscaper and, of course, former contestant on the block. And I've got the pleasure of uh, getting to meet some of Dale's associates in the industry, some of the mates he's got that are doing some incredible things when it comes to landscaping and design. It's our pleasure to welcome Joel Barnett from InStyle Gardens to the show. Hello, Joel. How are you? I'm very well. Yourself? Not bad. Morning, mate. How are you, Dale? Yeah, good. How'd the homeschooling go throughout the week? Uh, it was pretty good. It was my first week doing it. Uh, Sharon did most of the days, but I did uh, one of the days, so... I was pretty lucky to get by with that and the kids survived, so... I'm sure you learn a lot, mate. I did. I'm not sure if the kids did, but I did, so <laughs> at least someone is. 
Hey, we've got you on the show, particularly Joel, because uh, Joel's a landscaper in my region. We're fellow landscaping mates. He's uh, He's got a great company uh, in Style Gardens, as you mentioned. But Joel particularly does a lot of work for some very nice garden designers, um, some very well-known ones throughout um, the Melbourne region as well, particularly. Uh, so we've almost got him on as our, um, it's, it's a sport of gardening, this show, Joel. So we've got you on as like our insider, like a, a Damien Barrett that would give us the, the inside goss as to um, what's going on in the design world with these designers and, and what people can sort of expect to see as far as trends or what they could probably incorporate themselves sure. without having to pay the hefty fee of getting a, a lovely designer in. Yeah, the design fees can be quite expensive, so that sounds like a good idea. Now, Joel, did everything get shut down? I mean, I've, I've been on the highways of Melbourne in particular. There are tradies everywhere, and obviously Australians have done really well at continuing to work in construction and other industries whilst still being really good with all the limitations that COVID-19 presents. So did many jobs get shut down? Have you still been working really hard in the last couple of months? Yeah, we've been extremely lucky to be in the right industry that we've been able to keep working because uh, a lot of, like, we're only a small company, so there's only usually a maximum of three people on the one site. So we've been doing all the social distancing requirements. But in terms of being busy, like we haven't been affected at all in terms of the amount of work we've got coming in. We're still quoting jobs and we've got uh, plenty of months booked in. So, And a lot of other landscapers I've spoken to have been the same. So extremely lucky because it can be a lot worse. Absolutely, yeah. I know um, when it all started, I was just waiting, just driving past daily pretty much to all our sand and soil suppliers, just making sure the gates were still open. And as long as they're all still open and we can still get uh, materials, then, uh, yeah, carry on. Yeah, I spoke to one of our, my spies and they said it was their, their March was the busiest month that they've ever had. Yeah, uh, pretty much like supermarkets. weren't sure. <laughs> yeah, they weren't sure what was going to happen, so everyone was just sort of panic buying pavers and that sort of thing. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I bought half a metre of uh, brick sand and put it in my driveway just in case I got stuck home and had nothing uh, to do. So uh, That's crazy. It's like, yep, honey, I got toilet paper and a pallet of pavers. We're going to be fine. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, Joe, what are some of the trends that you're seeing? What, what are we talking about in the next evolution of landscape design? Are, are we seeing a return to more natural, earthy, rustic kind of construction? Construction, or are we going shinier, more high-end, more finished than we ever have before? Uh, well, there's, there's plenty bits and pieces of both, but I'd definitely say we're heading more towards a sustainable and using recycled products uh, these days. Uh, in terms of plants, it's heading more less less towards formal gardens and heading more towards the perennial look using plants, which um, they, they require a little bit more maintenance, but um, they've got a different look to the normal formal gardens. So we've done a couple of projects with Paul Bangay and his style in the past has been a lot more formal gardens with hedges and even his own garden at Stonefields is um, more perennials now. So some people they look, think they look a bit messier, but, yeah, they've got a real good look about them. Uh, Absolutely. And, and a lot more colour involved and more seasonal colour as well. Yeah, definitely. And in terms of um, fences as well, like they're, no one, everyone's got fences in their yard, but uh, I've seen... Pretty much all the designs got to come through have either got us as a bare minimum painting the fence, uh, usually in a darker colour so the plants pop out in front of it. Mm -hmm. But also a pretty popular option is to put in a couple of posts and a sheet of uh, Rio that you usually put into strengthen concrete, so yep. some steel mesh, yep. and then have a climber grow up along that. Yeah, cheap. Even before the climber, yeah, even before the climber gets going, it looks good. Yeah, it's just a bit of mesh up on the fence. Which rusts then, off uh, very quickly be, too, yeah. Yeah, and then it'll be a green wall. Yep, um, perfect. And, and actually, speaking of green walls, they're not as popular as they as they once were. <laughs> no, well, they're a lot of a lot of hard work in green walls, and uh, if they're not yeah. looking a hundred percent, they're looking terrible. I reckon. So, yeah, uh, you're and right. The vessels that hold them, you've got to replace the pot because it fills out the section that holds the, all the soil. So there, there's a lot more maintenance in them than people first realise. Maintenance seems so. to be the big key word, Jane. Every, everything that involves maintenance 
uh, people get too scared of these days, now, I think. Now, without having a crack at uh, TV shows that possibly once starred Dale <laughs> Vine, I always find that really interesting that they put up these incredible, you know, hanging sort of gardens, a vertical garden on a wall. And I'm thinking, how do you even get up there to actually water it? Like, it's not always that they're installed with really great watering systems. It must be a disaster a couple of years later if people really didn't quite know how to look after it. There's a funny story of one of the blocks, that sky, I think it was a sky high one, um, might have been a season after Soph and I, and they did the the whole perimeter of the building covered it in green walls. So there, there would have been hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of green walls on all the building exterior. And there was a funny story going around a couple of years after it was built that one of the residents got sick of paying watering bills for the for the watering systems and might have gone and uh, turned something off and the whole lot got cooked from lack of water which which ended up costing him uh, more than it would have with the water bill so <laughs> well I guess Joel that's a good point in that you really need to think ahead when you're going to do a great landscaping job you need to look at who's going to look after it who's going to be able to do the ongoing maintenance do you think that drought also has something to do with that plant selection and the trends you're seeing towards going to things that maybe need less water, the the climate change is actually helping people choose things that won't take as much of that precious resource. Yeah, I hadn't actually put into any thought into why people did start moving towards perennials other than the, they look pretty nice. But yeah, that that is one of the things that they have a benefit over other plants on is they're, they're more drought tolerant and some of them don't require any water once they get established. So that does, yeah, reduces the amount you have to water it, so which therefore reduces maintenance. Um, so maintenance is it's not a bad word, but you just need to be aware of what you're putting in and whether it does need any maintenance or not. So there's plenty of places that have green walls and they look amazing because they've got a maintenance program in place. So as long as you know what you're getting into, there's nothing wrong with having a high-maintenance garden as long as you know that it's going to require that maintenance and you've got either to put the time in yourself or have someone else do it for you. Just factor it into the cost pretty much for the next few years. Yep. So Now, we've got a little segment here on the show that we're going to kick off with you today, Joel. We are speaking with Joel Barnett from InStyle Gardens. Joel, it's brag of the week. I love it when people talk up a home reno project or something they've done in the garden. So as the very inaugural guest on the show, brag of the week, what are you bragging about this week? What have you done that just giving you that little, you know, feeling of satisfaction around the house? I've had it for a week now and I'm, I'm still just as proud of it as the day I built it. But we <laughs> got our first pet of the family last week. Ooh. Uh, it was a little rabbit called Coco. And I had to make a uh, rabbit palace for it. A palace. <laughs> I, like the, yeah. I like the terminology. It's not uh, a rabbit hutch, it's a palace. No, it's not a hutch. Yeah. No. Um, my wife wouldn't let it live inside, so I wanted to make it as luxurious as I could for it while yeah. it's outside. Absolutely. What's um, it got? A master bedroom with an ensuite? Yeah, it's a double story. Yeah. So it's got the. Uh, they are play area downstairs and upstairs. The sleeping sleeping quarters and the toilet. Fantastic. They've built in a uh, a shelf upstairs so it can pull that out and clean it out every day. It's got <laughs> it's got a couple of doors as well. One so I can get into the top and one so I can let him out down the bottom. There's a ramp. I might end up putting in a, a lift. If, uh, oh, oh, hang on a second. Yeah, I love the evolution's already still <laughs> happening in, the, in your brain. Yeah, yeah um, I'm just standing next to it now thinking oh, I could do this and that. <laughs> it sounds like you're going to need to get Coco a little friend of the opposite sex because that sounds like a palace fit for a whole family of rabbits, not just Absolutely. one poor little Coco. <laughs> Then I'll have to make more palaces, though, for they their children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> true. Draw a line. Very well, true. I'm sure the kids have enjoyed helping out with that little backyard project in the midst of uh, homeschooling as well. Joel, thanks so much for joining us. How can people find you and your company if they'd like to check out InStyle Gardens? And this rabbit palace. Yeah, I put a photo of them stories, but I'll put another photo on the Instagram. But the Instagram is the most is uh, where I enjoy uh, putting most of our work. So the Instagram and the Facebook is the same, and they're both at InStyle underscore gardens. I've got the website as well, which is instylegardens.com.au. But, uh, yeah, the most updated where you can see our finished work and work as it's been constructed is on the on uh, Instagram. So that's probably a good place to start. Fantastic. All right. Well, no thank worries. you for joining us on the show. Open for business and doing uh, incredible stuff in the garden design space, even during a COVID-19 lockdown. That is Joel Barnett. Thank you, Joel, for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate it. Good on you, Joel.
You are on the sport of gardening. My name's Jane Neild. My co-host is Dale Vine. And in just a moment, we are going to catch up with a woman who, along with her husband, has managed to do an incredible garden and house renovation. She is at Hello Poppy Lee on Instagram, and we are going to talk to her next. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Journalism icons Caroline Wilson and Corey Perkin join forces in Don't Shoot the Messenger. Is he a big sook or is he a genuine victim here? Malcolm, who is clearly very intelligent and has very many strong traits, but I think he has various narcissistic traits. Sport, food, life, news. We're talking about our dreams. This is a bad sign. The one I'm having at the moment is that I can do the splits. Don't shoot the messenger podcast. Wow. Freud would have a bit to say about that, I think. Welcome back to the Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Ah, yes, whether you're listening to us via podcast or on a Sunday morning right around Australia, I'm Jane Neald. My co-host is Dale Vine, who for many years has been working in the landscape gardening uh, scene and also, well, did pretty well out of winning a few hundred thousand dollars on the block, didn't you, Dale? Oh, it doesn't hurt, Jane. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, we are going to check in with someone who I will admit... Gave me a lot of FOMO, a lot of envy and a lot of inspiration when I checked out her Instagram account at Hello Poppy Lee is the said account. And it's a pleasure to have you, Poppy, on the show. Welcome. Hi, guys. How are you going? Yeah, good, Poppy. <laughs> now, we've got you basically on the show because um, uh, you are, I suppose, what they in the modern day call an influencer on these social media channels. You've got a great um, account that um, people love following, uh, full of DIY renovations, and particularly of interest to us is uh, your backyard hall makeover. So um, you've done a great job out there. I'm looking at photos as we speak, and um, you've basically Aww, turned thanks, a, a massive area uh, that was just barren and, and very compacted by the look of it. It looks like a, an Arizona yes. desert or something uh, into a <laughs> really nice, family-friendly, lush backyard. So you've done a great job Aww. and you've done it all yourself. Oh, thanks, Dale. That means a lot coming from you. I love watching what you get up to as well, like your native gardens and things like that. Like I know you're a big fan of Australian natives. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we're planning on putting out the back as well. Yeah, it really was like just a big pile of dirt. (laughs) After we built the house, all that soil from the extension had to go up into the backyard. Yep. And it was just, it was chaos. Like it was just mountains of just really barren, yucky, clay-like dirt. Definitely. So we had to, yeah, we had to get a kanga in there and just flatten it out as much as we could. But we still wanted to kind of keep it a little bit, like sort of have that depth to it in a way, like by having a little bit of a rise here and there and that kind of stuff. So we planned it out to um, have as much garden area as we could, but we also needed to have as much ground for the girls to be able to run around in they need a lot of running space (laughs) so we kind of had to incorporate that into the whole thing as well but I'm really happy with how it's coming along like it's not finished yet but it's getting there (laughs) oh it's great it's it's one of those as Jane said it's one of those great ones to follow um you're you're documenting the whole whole process as well you're showing the ugly bits too which is the beforehand shots um, yes. <laughs> and, and the process of going through building each different segment. So it's it's really great to follow for those people out there with the same situation in their backyard because it is a common thing through these new builds these days where people are excavating blocks and, and the soil's got to go somewhere. So they do just dump it further and further towards the back of the block, creating these huge big slopes True. that need retaining and, yeah. and tearing and levelling. So, yeah, it's a great one. You've got a big patch of grass I can see there. Yeah, so all of those products are from Bunnings. That's actually tough turf. So we decided not to go with actual grass because here in Queensland, it gets dry and it's humid and it's just really hard to keep plants that aren't hardy as alive. So to have a lawn and to have one of that size would have just it would have needed so much water and water bills are rather pricey. Absolutely. <laughs> so we just thought like we don't want to have to maintain it. Let's just go with artificial turf and I, I just cannot love it more. It's wow. been so good having it there. Yeah, we love it. Yeah, so it would we're have, up um, there every re- single day, yeah. 
It would have really come into its own during uh, isolation and lockdown. I mean, having a big space, a bit of green space in the garden for the girls to run around and to do their sports and to, to just get all that energy out would have been perfect planning in hindsight. Oh, I know. And it's been an absolute lifesaver. Like, I, I actually can't believe how much we use it and I appreciate it so much. Like, so from where we can stand in the house, we look out into the yard and just like seeing that space out there brings so much joy. Like I'm really surprised at how much I'm loving it. Like I enjoy gardening anyway, but just to see it coming along from when you're standing in the house is really nice. Like it's a really good feeling. So like if you haven't worked in your backyard, totally go do it because the the joy you get from it is totally worth the hard yakka. It's really worth it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really fulfilling. And as a landscaper dealing with clients for many years, that it's it's never a, a hard sell for that last invoice, really, because people are so happy <laughs> no. by the end of transforming an area that they've got a place that they can use now. And, and like you said, most houses now are designed where um, there's a lot of living rooms and windows and doors that overlook these areas. So it's something they've been dreading for, for months, if not years sometimes. And then once it's finally done, they can't believe the the difference in their lifestyle basically now that it's all transformed. Exactly. And that's exactly the boat we were in. So every time we'd look outside, like even though the inside was looking pretty good, like that's renovated to a good standard, we'd look out the back and we're just like, that is literally a hideous pile of dirt. <laughs> it's almost it like an like anxiety a barren desert. <laughs> causing, yeah. Yeah. Now was there anything it is, it is anxiety causing, that's true, hey. Poffy, was there anything that you tried to tackle that you realised you'd possibly bitten off a bit more than you can chew? Like, were you sort of thinking, oh, this whole retaining wall, we've got this sorted. Was there a particular uh, thing that caught you up? Yes, there was actually. <laughs> so the retaining wall was actually really quite um, straightforward to put in. So we use these, I call them H-brackets, Dale. Yeah, probably yeah not called H-bar, yep, Are they yep. called H-brackets? Yeah, pretty yeah, they much. Okay, H-bars, cool. yep. We use them from Bunnings and they actually made the whole process incredibly straightforward. Like we were really quite shocked by how um, straightforward it was putting that retaining wall thanks to those H-brackets because all you do is just go with the size of the sleeper that you need. You pop, you or put your H-bracket into the ground, cement it in, pop the sleeper in and you're done. That's pretty much it. Like, so we were shocked by the retaining wall. We thought that would be the hard part. But the hard part was actually the sleeper steps that I put in. Yep. They, they caused me a bit of a headache. Well, you're like, dealing with rises and, and tread sizes. Yes. So, yeah, trying to keep something uniform like that from a, from scratch oh. would be, would be a, a big thing to take on. But they look great. From the picture, they look really they, good. It's worked out. It's worked out really, really well. And I've learned so much from just doing that one exercise. <laughs> But there were many, many times that I thought, why am I doing this? Yep. I need someone like Dale here. <laughs> no. no, well, you've but done great. I you've just, saved money as well just, without getting the landscaper just, in. Yeah. And you've, you've yeah, learned, well, like true, you said, yeah. you've learned a lot of new skills, which is great. I'm sure you'll be able to use them in the future. Did, yeah. did you start with a clear vision in your head or like did you draw a picture or how did you start with it or has it evolved as, it, as you've done each project? Well, we actually had a really clear vision in our head. Like we knew we needed to have as much grassy space as we could get, but we also wanted to, like we really enjoy having um, plants around the whole yard. So out the front we did a bit of a makeover and we put in a whole heap of Australian natives out there and we just loved that. Like it's really nice looking out there and they thrive because they're, they're in their proper climate. Like you can practically neglect them and they Stick still them in look and go. lovely. Yep. Yes. So that's exactly what we planned on doing out the back. So we just sort of had to try and work in with what we had, which was we want to be able to look out, see the yard like the runaround area for the girls, the grass, the cubby house. We wanted to be able to see that. So we kind of always had a plan for that. And then we worked around that. So then it was like we want as much garden beds as we can, which was around the whole property. Um, but then we've also had to plan out what kind of plants we're going to put in towards the back, which are the higher ones. And then towards the front, where we can look out our window, we want to put just ground creepers and things like that. Yeah, we did. We drew it all up. And once we drew it up, we yeah, we were ready to go. It was really pretty straightforward from there. 
But yeah, having a little idea of how you want to use your yard makes the biggest difference, I reckon. Absolutely. Well, Poppy, you have inspired us here in the studio today and people can jump onto Instagram and follow you at Hello Poppy Lee if they would like to be inspired. And I'm guessing the Tough Turf and the H Brackets, H Brackets from Bunnings are your products of the week. It sounds like they really, really helped you with this whole redevelopment. Oh, they were fantastic. Yeah, they definitely are. Yeah. And sleepers. It's surprising how many things you can do with sleepers, I've learned. Absolutely. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the very first episode of The Sport of Gardening. Oh, thank you, guys. And in just a moment on The Sport of Gardening, we are going to do an injury report. Of course, like great sports, the injuries do happen when it comes to gardening and landscaping. Dale, I would like to know about your most recent injuries. We are going to run you through some seasonal planting. Depending on which part of Australia you're in, there is always something needing to be planted. And we're going to answer a listener question. Actually, Dale, you are. Are you good yes. with lemon trees? Yes, mate. Yeah, lemon trees are one of my favourites. <laughs> a staple of any backyard in most Australian gardens. Well, they used to be, I guess, in the 50s and yeah. 60s. But we've got a question from a listener about a lemon tree. That is all coming up next on The Sport of Gardening. Welcome back to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal. Uh, We have enjoyed having you with us this morning on The Sport of Gardening, whether you're listening to us via podcast or right around Australia on SEN and SEN Track. My name is Jane Neald and my co-host is Dale Vine. We exist, this show exists because footy doesn't, because most sports... That's right. ...have been put into lockdown, although there is some glimmer of uh, hope on the horizon, especially for NRL. Looks like they're going to go ahead in the next uh, few weeks and the AFL will return at some point this season. Oh, definitely will. (laughs) Dale is a Bombers fan and, of course, uh, we pay our respects to the Fallen, to our serving Defence Force personnel to pay tribute to them over this Anzac Day long weekend where we have seen no traditional game at the MCG. It's a a little bit hard to handle, isn't it, Dale? Oh, it is, mate. Yeah, I I really look forward to Anzac Day um, clash every year. It hasn't been a great one for the last few years, but uh, I think 2017 (laughs) might have been the last that we've might have won. So, um, yeah, I was, I was really looking forward to this year's game, but, you know, not to be. So, garden on. Garden on indeed, and we hope we've given you some inspiration here on the show today. Now, like a good sports commentator would, we'd check in with an injury report. So, Dal, I thought we might introduce this segment, the injury report. The injury report, yes. Mostly because... Well, look, I think you can learn something from other people when you say, well, what did you do wrong when it comes to doing a DIY or a garden project? Yep. But actually, I just really like gory stories. Oh, <laughs> not for me, but yeah. Uh, no, I get injuries all the time, to be honest. Do you? Um, yeah, I'm, I sort of get too confident with my own skills and... and probably don't concentrate as much as I should be using something. And, uh, yeah, that's when it generally happens. So or at the very end of a day as well when you, you and your mind just sort of shuts down a little bit. So, um, yeah, often I probably do that one extra thing and, and that's I probably should have gone home. So Should have put the tools down. Yep. <laughs> when was the last time you shed blood? Did, did As rumour, I've heard that it might have actually had something to do with an animal, not... Indeed, yeah, a no, work project. My last decent injury was uh, unwork related, but I, I'd sort of got home from work and was throwing the ball to the the dog out in the backyard, and uh, I got a phone call, so I sort of got a little distracted. And as I was um, talking, I went to throw the ball again and wasn't keeping an eye on the dog, and he he got a lot closer to me. And as I went to piff the ball, he he just opened his mouth and stood up on his back legs, and I basically just whacked his teeth with my hand at a full throwing pace. So. Um, yeah, it was it was close to um, taking off the small finger. Really, Are it was you a, it was a pretty good little cut, but um, <laughs> I knew it was bad straight away. So yeah, it was. I, I suppose it was the same as like a secretaire injury or something nice and sharp. Wow. Okay, a fang injury. I yeah, didn't expect that. <laughs> I'm going to nominate my uh, partner Simon for yep. injury of the week. He didn't actually injure himself too badly. Bit sore. Went straight through the trampoline mat. Trying wow. to do the good dad thing. <laughs> hey, let's do some homeschooling now. Let's do some yeah. exercise. Straight through. Wow, hey, no broken bones? No. I got home. They said, Daddy fell through the trampoline. It's like I just had images of his femurs both split. Yeah, I'm sure that's not what they said. I'm sure they said, Daddy wrecked the trampoline. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. pretty much. So, uh, yes, take it easy out there if you are tempting uh, projects that you may not have had done in the past. Or you're playing with your dog or on the trampoline. That's right. <laughs> Don't do what Dale did and get a fang uh, injury. That is our injury report this week. Now, seasonal planting, 
Dale. I will admit that there are people online who are experts with this kind of thing. So, Absolutely, yep. Yeah, I'm going to say straight up that I often go to Gardening Australia's website, so yes. love a bit of ABC Gardening Australia. Uh, so I go onto their website and check out what I should be planting. But have you got some tips for people around the country at this time of year? What should you be chucking in the veggie garden? Yeah, so in the veggie garden, I suppose... Um, in the cooler temperates where we are in Victoria, uh, particularly, we um, we should be planting our veggie beds up for getting ready for winter um, crops. So winter crops are everything from broccoli, cauliflower, cabbages, um, kale, leek, uh, onions as well, um, and peas and broad beans and stuff as well. So um, there's plenty you can get in there. I suppose it's whatever you can get your hands on now at the moment. Um, but yeah, I suppose as you move um, around Australia where it's a little warmer still throughout the year, um, up into the temperate zones and um, subtropical areas, um, then they're pretty pretty lucky because they get to pretty much plant most things um, at most times So compared to us down here. So um, yeah, they can pretty much plant whatever they get their hands on and, um, and most things should still grow. And over in WA, temperate zone, pretty much the same thing, winter veg? Yeah, yeah, um, exactly right. Um, if they can get theirs in now as well, wintering is, is coming, so they so they say. So um, that's what we want to do. We want to get ahead of the next season. So, um, yeah, all those nice vegetables that we're going to cook up in stews and um, and all those uh, beautiful winter recipes, um, that's what we want to get in the ground now for harvest time come winter. Jump online. If you just Google, you know, seasonal planting guide with the area that you're in, there are some really great resources out there. Oh, definitely. And there's um, some great apps as well. Garden 8 is another one that you can get on and they'll just give you um, all the veggies that you should be seeding and, and sowing now. So Now, Dale, we've also got a question of the week from Karen in Melbourne. So I quickly want your advice on this one. And you, if you're listening at home and want some advice from Dale, you can send us an email, feedback at sport of gardening.com.au or you can probably just hit up Dale on his Instagram which is Viney D yep, that's on right. Instagram. So Karen asks, Dale, I've always wanted to grow a lemon tree in my little backyard. When is a good time to plant one? What prep do I need to do? Can it work in a pot? And should I spend my money on a big, well-established tree or is it better to get something smaller? Okay. Well, there's about 12 questions in that Ooh, one question Karen. from Karen, but good on her. <laughs> she wants to know it all. So, uh, well, considering Karen's from Melbourne, uh, spring's the best time to plant lemon trees here so they can uh, start to get some roots in the ground and establish themselves um, to take on the rigours of winter with a bit of frost and um, cold weather, but um, since we've sort of missed spring now, um, you can still do it. Just put the lemon tree in a, in a sheltered position if, if possible. Um, in a pot would be great because you can move it around uh, into the sun when it needs it and um, back up against a nice brick wall or something so it can get that radiating heat um, from a sunny day throughout those winter months. Is it worth spending the big bucks, like $100 or so on Look, a more I don't established? Think so, no, I think um, it's it's a... It's a good sell um, in landscaping in general to um, get that instant effect of a, a mature tree. But um, in all honesty, um, the smaller the stock that you plant um, from seedlings even is going to end up in a better, stronger um, tree, uh, whatever it is, including fruit um, in the long run because they've grown from a, a small size from the start and they've really got their roots into the ground um, from the beginning and structured themselves to grow there. So compared to something you've bought that's already got that root system half grown in a pot and then grows from there, um, yeah, I always think they're stronger if you plant them smaller. So I would say a small lemon and probably variety-wise, we've got Eureka, Lisbon and Myers um, throughout Australia as the most three popular varieties. Um, consideration from Melbourne, I'd probably go with Myers uh, and chuck that in a pot. They only grow to probably two metres maximum, and um, they're an all-year sort of fruiting tree, which is going to be a great one and, and a lot more frost-resistant as well. Although not very good if you use the zest in your cooking because mayors... Ah, uh, they've got a very skinny skin on skin, there. Yeah. not good yep, for zesting, true. but incredible for juice. So yep. I reckon that's some really great advice there, Karen. If you would like to ask Dale a question on a future episode of The Sport of Gardening, send your emails to feedback at sportofgardening.com.au or you can even check out Dale's Instagram account uh, along with about 
84,000 other people who follow you, Dale. <laughs> Viney D on Instagram. Thank you so much. It's been great getting to know you and to get to know some of our wonderful guests on the show today. Dale, enjoyed it. No, thanks for having me, Jane, and I can't wait till next week. We will be discovering what everyone is doing in isolation, checking in with uh, some of the personalities in the AFL and the wider sporting community, and we are so grateful to have your company this morning on the show. If you've missed anything and you would like to catch up, you can subscribe to the podcast and check the show notes for details. Till next week, thank you for being with us on The Sport of Gardening. You're listening to The Sport of Gardening with Dale Vine and Jane Neal.